Hey guys, welcome back to the Decom Boom. Hey guys, what's up? It's me, Sarah. And me, Nora. And we are rewatching every single Disney Channel original movie. Yep, you know the drill, so you don't have to. Exactly. Nora, I did just want to quickly mention at the top of this episode today, because we've posted about this on our Instagram, but I don't think we've actually mentioned it on the podcast yet. I want to give our boy, Adam DeMarco, a.k.a. Gavin from Radio Rebel, a shout out because he's in season two of The White Lotus right now. Yes, and he's killing it. I didn't watch the episode that came out. I mean, this will come out next week, but I haven't watched episode three yet. Same. Um, but he's killing it in the first two. He's such a good actor. He's getting the praise he deserves. You know, we're huge Adam stands. No, like it's literally so validating because when we did our Radio Rebel episode, we didn't yet know that he had been cast in this. And we were yeah. like, I just feel really validated because we saw something in him and we were clearly correct. Yeah, we should be talent scouts. I think that Mike White heard our episode. Yeah. And even though it had already been cast and probably filmed, <laughs> I still think we had something to do with it. He was like, reshoots, 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 yes. guys. These yeah. girls are really onto something. 100%. We're so proud of our king. And if you haven't watched uh, The White Lotus, it's really great. Yeah, I mean, we're not sponsored. We just love that show. <laughs> it's such a fun show. <laughs> it's so good. And yes, yeah, support our king, our radio rebel king, Adam. He's everything. But yeah, today we are back discussing a movie after last week's, you know, very nouveau Disney Channel, as I like to call it. Yeah. Uh, we're back discussing a movie that we both watched as kids. Yes. And like, I don't know about you, Nora, but... This was definitely one for me where it's like I remembered the beginning so well and was a little fuzzier, but I think you rewatched this one kind of recently, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I watched a couple of DCOMs in college and this was one of them. But when I watched it, I was a little bit uh, under the influence of marijuana, mm -hmm. as one is. Right. And I remember it really didn't make sense to me. Like, I had taken an edible, and I was like, this makes no sense. And <laughs> so I was nervous for watching because I loved it as a kid. But I was like, last time I watched it, I thought it was really bad. But I genuinely think I was just a little bit too high, to be yeah. honest, because I, I thought it made total sense this time, and I thought it was pretty good. Today we are discussing Get a Clue, the Lindsay Lohan vehicle. Yes. The one and only Lindsay decom because a lot of people think Life Size is a decom. Nope. Yeah. But it's not. Some, yeah, there are some movies that would play on Disney Channel, but were not, in fact, decoms. Right. And the Disney Plus description for Get a Clue is a wealthy student with too much fashion sense, her equally rich friends and her rival slash superior from the school paper work together to solve the case when their teacher goes missing. Ooh. Ooh. Oh my God, it's so much fun. It's a mystery. It is. Yeah, and it premiered on June 28th, 2002. In addition to Lindsay, it also stars Miss Brenda Song, who we talked about in our Stuck in the Suburbs this episode. This girl was booked and busy. This is our second decom that we've done of hers, and we, she has three more. Holy smokes. Yeah, so. She might have, like, she might be up there for, like, the most decoms. I think she definitely might be. Yeah. Um, Nora, do you want to guess the Rotten Tomato score? Um, I'm going to guess it got, like, a 57%. So I think this might be the lowest Rotten Tomato score we've had Ooh. so far. It was 42. Ooh, I think that's a little bit harsh. Yeah, that is harsh, I yeah, think. Like, I think so. It's a lot of fun. And with that said, are you ready to dive in? Yes. Okay. 
So we open with a shot of the Statue of Liberty. Yes. We are in New York, baby. Yes. And yeah, we're seeing shots of New York. And then if you guys remember the Get a Clue, like, I don't know, theme song. Wake up, who knew? It's me. It's your Get a Clue. It's there inside of you. Get a Clue. This song like gets stuck in my head like to this day. It's a really good song. It's so catchy. And it's just so weird that it's in there because it's like, it probably there's no purpose for it to be there, I know. but it's so fun. It's so fun. And I did confirm because I've always thought this must have been written for this movie and it was. So it was written by a Canadian pop duo called Prozac spelled <laughs> P-R-O. Z-Z-A-K with like an umlaut over the A. Wow, kind of edgy. Well, that's the thing. So what they played, they made a music video for this and they played it on Disney Channel. And when they did that, they changed their name to Simon and Milo, which isn't even the guys in the band's <laughs> names because they were like, yeah, we can't have like a drug name. Yeah, they wouldn't want like uh, elementary school kids going to school. Like, I love this new band called Prozac. Right, their <laughs> teachers are like, what? What are you doing? Yeah, but no, it's a, it's a great song. Yeah, it's so good. It's really fun. Um, so we're seeing New York and then we see Miss Lindsay, whose character in this movie is named Lexi Gold. Mm -hmm. She is sleeping in her chic ass bedroom. The most adorable Y2K bedroom I've ever seen in my life. She has a canopy bed. So immediately I have beef with her. Yeah. I'm jealous. I'm envious. She also has one of those um, shoe chairs. Yes. Which I think one of my friends had that. I don't remember who, but like, I know I had like seen that like in the real world and yeah. been like, you have a shoe chair, you have everything. You have everything. Basically this room is every single thing you wanted to have in your bedroom in the 2000s that your mom like said was too silly. Like Lindsay has. She has it all. She has it all. Also, I feel like I should clarify what a shoe chair is. It's just a it's giant a stiletto <laughs> heel that you can sit on. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's shaped like a stiletto. Yeah, and it's amazing. <laughs> you guys know a shoe chair. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Lindsay also sleeps with an eye mask, which yeah. I would always like have, like ask for eye masks when I was little and then be like, I can't be bothered to actually sleep with this, but they're so cool. So Lindsay is sleeping with her eye mask and she's awoken by her phone ringing and she has a lime green phone. There's like a good amount of lime green in this movie, Nora. And like, it really made me think like, We've been talking about brown lately and how brown is underrated for clothes. Yes. I think I want like my new colors to be brown and lime green. Well, those colors also look really good together. And I think like lime green just like has not been in the, the zeitgeist lately. Like, I know. I feel like it used to be in the like early 2000s. Yeah. Like, remember the lime green recorders? How cute yes, those were? Yes, of course. Or like the lime green uh, iPod minis. <gasps> yeah. Love the or nanos. Like, I think they may... They maybe made chocolates that were lime green too, or like some yeah. phone was in lime yes. green. Yes. So yeah, Lindsay has a lime green phone. Um, and she also has like a headset that she puts on yeah. with her phone, which is so cute. I want to be just like her. Her life is so chic. It's perfect. And it's her best friend calling her Jen, who is played by Brenda Song. Yes. And it's so cute. They like video chat on their computers to help each other pick out their outfits for the day. Yeah, it's adorable. And they have, they both have really cool um, computer covers. Yeah, they're like fuzzy. So cute. And so cute. Brenda's, Jen's, is literally just like a pink feather boa. Yes, it's adorable. Um, so they're talking, they're like, hey girl, like, good morning. <laughs> um, and then Lindsay says, 
Um, so what is your outfit du jour? <laughs> Meaning when, yeah, what is your outfit today? But she's throwing in a little bit of French. Exactly. Because she wants, you know, to show I'm cultured, but she can't say the full phrase in French. So no. just the, just the one word. Right. Um, and Brenda is showing her options and Lindsay's like, I don't like the first one, but the second one she says is Trey cute. Right. So only one word in French again. <laughs> also, Nora, I don't know if you caught this. The song that's playing in this scene is shocking because it is If Cupid Had a Heart, yeah. which is in Hannah Montana. It's the song that Selena Gomez, when she guest starred as the pop star Michaela, this was her track. If Cupid had a heart, he would make you fall. You'd fall in love with me in no time at all. If Cupid had a heart. In that episode, which came out in 2007, so five years later, Selena was Miley's like rival pop star and that was her song that she sang and remember when she had that quote that was like Miss Hannah I'm taking all your fanas yes yes but that's wild so I guess it was just sitting in the Disney universe for five years and they were waiting to use it again in the vault and it is kind of crazy because when you google that song like it's I did find one thing being like, LOL, this wasn't get a clue first, but mm. it's all about Hannah Montana. Like even when you find the song on Spotify, it says if Cupid had a heart uh, in parentheses from Hannah Montana. So why was it like, did they just write all original music for this movie or like why? And it's such a yeah. small part. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's, a, it's a good point. And it's actually performed by a woman named Julia Griffin. You can't really find much else on, to be honest. Huh, but very mysterious. Very mysterious. But when I heard it, I was like, this is definitely the Hannah Montana song. And my research <laughs> confirmed. Wow. Oh, my God. But that's a fun little detail. Um, so then we see Lexi go downstairs. And let's just say it. She's rich AF. Rich AF. This is like they own a whole entire floor in Upper Manhattan. Like they are, she's Blair Waldorf. She's Nate Archibald. She's, she's rich. She's really rich. And we know that her dad is a reporter for the New York Times, which, okay, good job. Do you but you think they would make that? No, right? No, I think it's the mom that's the breadwinner. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think so too. I we don't. Like, a penthouse for the New no, York Times? No, yeah. like you're doing okay, but absolutely not. Like no. they have like clearly like either like generational wealth or yes. like her mom is like a CEO of something insane. Yeah. Um, But we do see the mom like go on a work trip and- like, we don't know what she does, which I think is intentional. They're like, she's something really, really <laughs> yeah. successful. Right. Use your imagination. They don't want people to think about, like, how much would her salary salary be for this? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Lexi sits down to, like, breakfast with her family. Um, and she has this nerdy little sister named Taylor. Um, and her dad is reading a paper. And Taylor's like, Dad, why do you read that newspaper if you hate it? And he's like, it's important to keep up with the competition. The paper that he's reading is the Daily Examiner. And we get the sense that the Daily Examiner is like kind of a lower brow paper because uh, Lexi says to her dad, like, oh, the Daily Examiner is a competitor for the New York Times. And he's like, shocking, I know. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of sending up that like the Daily Examiner will publish stuff that maybe the New York Times wouldn't. Yeah, it's a, perhaps a little trashier. Yep. Yeah. And then, yeah, this is when the mom is like, I'm going to be going out of town. So like, girls, please try to get along while I'm gone. And then as the dad is reading the Daily Examiner, he's like, oh, my God, Lexi, like this is your article. Yep. And she's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I had submitted it a while back to the Junior Journal or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like her mom and dad are like super proud and they're like wow look like they even used this great photo like is this yours and she's like yeah I took that using Taylor's spy camera it takes pictures from around the corner which definitely feels unethical oh yeah yeah um yeah the 
The story is called Teachers Union, and it's basically about the relationship between two teachers at uh, Lexi's middle school, high school? I think it's a high school. High school, Millington, a, a private school in Manhattan. Right. Uh, the teachers are Miss Dawson and Mr. Walker. And honestly, Nora, like when I saw, when they showed the picture in the paper, it like, I just remembered it so well. And like, I got the feeling of like fear and like something is off here. Like I remembered the feelings from being a kid watching this. Yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, so they're like, we're so proud of you, Lexi. It's definitely a little sus and unethical. And her dad like, yeah, asks her what the story's about. And he's like, that sounds like a human interest piece, which Lexi like perks up at that. She definitely wants this to be like, Taken seriously, even though arguably it's like gossipy or a fluff piece. Yes, yes. Uh, So the mom is like, all right, I'm headed out of town. We'll celebrate you getting published when I get back. And Lexi's like, yes, we'll go shopping on Madison Avenue. Rich girl vibes. (laughs) Rich girl vibes. Also, the dad kisses the mom and he says, have a successful trip. I know. That kind of stressed me out. I'm like, uh, to me, power couples kind of stress me out. I I think I'm too lazy for that. Oh, gosh. Yes. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Um, And then we cut to this montage of super rich kids with nothing but fake friends (laughs) um, walking to school in the hottest fashions from 2002. They look like mini adults. They're like on their cell phone, basically taking a business call. Like they look really adult, but I don't think it's that unrealistic. Like I think this is how New York City kids behave and dress. Especially like in this neighborhood and like going to private school. And this scene is very much giving like that Instagram account watching New York. If watching New York was all 13 year olds, like like, why are these children just so fabulous? Oh, fabulous. But, but yeah. the fashion, we do have to give a nod. It's so good in this movie. It's so iconic. It really is. Like all the 2000s fashion coming back, Pinterest boards, like just watch this movie yeah. and you'll, you'll have inspo no. for days. Also just like Lindsay's hair in this movie, so stunning. Oh, she's so beautiful. I mean, she's probably just one of the cutest people in the world. Truly. I know I was thinking about, I think I mentioned this to you recently. Like I watched um, an interview of hers recently, like Parent Trap era when she was on, um, David Letterman and I'm just like this child just has charisma for days like yes. you can't not make this child a star like she just what she's just glowing yes and in this movie she really like what I appreciate about Lindsay is she is very natural but you can also like see her acting a little I bit know. like she acts from the second the scene starts to the second it cuts like with her facial expressions like she just reacts to everything like you can tell she like thinks about acting so much which I love like you can tell she cares and yes. I, I really respect it because she was already such a star when this happened and like you know I mean Disney Channel was also like really big at this time but you could argue that like she was kind of above this I would agree yeah and she took it really seriously I think yeah so yeah we see her going to school after this montage of all the other cool ass teens and now Lindsay is rocking aviators a magenta blazer a blue button up (laughs) so cute and this like killed me when I was a kid so she's absolutely strutting through the halls of Millington yes she's very clearly the it girl but like the nice it girl yeah people like her yeah and this killed me as a kid it really stuck with me her little pinky wave she does where it's like (laughs) she is like her hand is kind of like closed and she's only waving to people with her pinky and it's so chic (laughs) and everyone is congratulating her 
her on the article and they say remarks not limited to what a scandal and you shine, Lexi. Yes. And I do just have to point out that these three girls that say these things to her, one of them is none other than Keenan McWilliam, who plays Carol in the Saddle Club. Did you ever watch the Saddle Club with no, me? No, I don't think so. That's a movie that like I would rent again and again and like watch at every sleepover. Like anytime I was having a sleepover, it's it like- It sounds familiar. I'd be like, may I suggest the Saddle Club for a film? Like, And it's so <laughs> weird because I wasn't a horse girl, but I was a Saddle Club girl. Wow. I wonder why. You just like the story. I love the story. It was like- girl drama but like friendship and like there were cute boys it was just everything it was okay, really so it just had about everything a good movie needs exactly yeah. it was really just about like a clique of girls at this one like you know i don't know the word for it barn they all rode at the <laughs> same barn and there was an iconic moment where because there was a girl that had like been their friend and then they like drifted from her because she got like hot and like was acting too old and they like drifted from her but she was trying to like get back in their friendship and they all watched this like baby horse be born together and it was Aww. like impactful but then this girl was like what is it and this one girl goes it's a foal and she goes I meant boy or girl. <laughs> it was so iconic. It was literally the best thing that's ever happened. But everyone watched Saddle Club. It's incredible. But anyways, back to Lexi, who shines. We see Mr. Walker, who is one of the people that this article is about. Mm -hmm. And Lexi says hi to him. And so there's some voiceover throughout this movie from Lexi. Yep. And she's saying, like, in her voiceover, I don't know what Miss Dawson sees in him. Look at that hideous overcoat. And Mr. Walker is like a little bit weird when he sees her. And yeah, the implication is like he probably feels a little weird about this article yeah, being published. And it's crazy that she doesn't feel weird. Like she's like, hi, Mr. Walker. No acknowledgement of like, I just wrote a story about your secret romance that was published in a huge paper. Like, I know. It's and like, crazy that she's not like, I'm, I hope that was OK. I know. She's so bold. And like. <laughs> In a normal school, like that could cost them their jobs. I know. And I also that's like feel not like really allowed. Maybe a teacher would yell at the kid or be like upset or call the parents. Like they're just like, okay, Lexi. Shows that the, at a school like this, the kids have more privilege than the teachers. That really does. Yeah. Which is which true. Which is probably true. Yeah. Yeah. Which is definitely messed up. So he's acting awkward around her and we see him talking to a boy, a fellow student named Jack. And he's like, I'll, you know, get you that email Jack. right away, Jack. Yeah. This is Jack. Yeah, icon. Jack is iconic. Jack was very much giving me Dan and Gossip Girl. Oh, I mean, very similar. I mean, we'll even see later how they're more similar. Um, but yeah, he's, what's his last name? Downey? Is his name yeah, Jack, Jack Downey. Downey. He also has like a Brooklyn accent. He has a Brooklyn accent. It's and like, yeah. basically the vibe is that like he's not like the other kids. Like he's more down to earth. He like doesn't really care about the materialistic things in life. That's what we're getting from him so far. So then we see this woman, Miss Stern, and in her voiceover, Lexi describes her as the control freak admissions officer. Yeah. <laughs> and we see her being like, may I see you to Mr. Walker? And she's holding like a rolled up newspaper. So it, it looks like she's upset about this article. When I was a kid, I thought that she was his boss, but I don't think she is. Uh, yeah, because she's in missions. So, right. yeah, I thought she was the principal at first, but yeah, she's not. So, Mr. Walker walks away with Miss Stern, and Jack says to Lexi, he's like, That was some article. And she's like, Oh, thank you. He says, Hedda Hopper had nothing on you. And he calls her like a gossip writer. Yes. And she's like, Hedda who? And he's like, You call yourself a writer. She's only the most famous gossip columnist of all time. Yeah. And Lexi's like, I am not a gossip columnist. Like, that was a human interest story. And he's like, 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, she's offended by this insinuation that her writing is gossipy or not serious. Um, Nora, I did do some research on Hedda. Yeah, I did, did as well. Did you too? Yeah. She's so interesting. She's very interesting. She's very controversial, to say the least. Yeah. She So she was a strong supporter of McCarthyism. Yeah, she's a big Republican. Huge. And she was very much in favor of a little thing called the House Committee on Un-American Activities. <laughs> she was like, she would name in her gossip column suspected communists. And she yeah. was like really in favor of the Hollywood blacklist. Yep. Um, so yeah, she started a gossip column for the Los Angeles Times in the late 1930s. Her first major scoop was reporting that FDR's son was divorcing his wife after getting caught having an affair. Scandal, scandal. That 30s drama. Um, yeah, she was sued for libel. She made really good money for a woman at that time. Yep. And she was problematic and she was known for wearing extravagant hats. Yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> Um, I also read that she was an actress and this famous like playwright or producer um, referred to her as a clumsy cow. Um, Yeah. And people really hated her. Like I also read something where some actor that she had written about his affair or something when they were at a party, he like pulled the chair out from under her. So she fell. Oh my God. And then everyone was like, thank you. Like you did the thing we all want to do. So she was kind of like hated because she would expose their affairs or like, you know, break their divorce stories or whatever. And so, yeah, she definitely was very controversial. It's very much giving, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah, she was definitely the problem. (laughs) She was really the problem. Although I do want to bring up one thing that me and Hedda Hopper have in common. (laughs) So silent film star Zazu Pitts once compared Hedda to a ferret. And if you listen to our last episode, Adventures in Babysitting, you'll know that same. I've been compared to a ferret. You've been compared to a ferret. And, you know, here's (laughs) the thing about gossip journalism. Guys, I get it, but not everything can be war and gas prices. Yeah. There has to be some light media in the world. There does, but it has to be ethical. It has to be verified. (laughs) um, But, hey, maybe hers was. Well, she was sued for libel and they won. Okay, so so maybe it wasn't. (laughs) So maybe it wasn't. And she was like, down with the commies. Okay, yeah, her political (laughs) beliefs, I do not stand with. Do not stand. Um, But, but no, it's true. Like, we need to have, you know, reporting on celebrities to keep things fun and light. Yeah, I think so. There's room for both, guys. There's There's room for both. Yeah. We've always had gossip. I did my senior thesis on gossip. And gossip is a necessary tool in society. Society and it can be used um, unethically, but it also is just you know uh, a way to spread information about the about the community. That's right. Yeah, and it has positive implications. Yeah, and Jack makes her feel really guilty throughout the first half of this film. He thinks he's better than her. So yeah, Lexi is like very shook by this convo. She feels judged, um, and now we see a boy named Gabe. Uh, He has a video camera and he's like filming Lexi. He's like, what's your secret? How do you always get the first scoop? And he's he becomes like a character throughout this film. Yeah, it's kind of in their friend group, although like Lexi is like always like annoyed by his presence for the most part. (laughs) And then we see Lexi and Jen talking by their lockers. And now Jen is wearing a red bucket hat, a multicolored sweater dress, leg warmers. But I don't like her. Um like accessory around her neck she's got like a random flower yeah I don't like it either that's not cute but they're talking and Lexi's telling her about what Jack just said to her and Jen's like Jack's just jealous because you got published and he's the editor of the school paper and you're like below him and you overshadowed him yeah she's a member of his staff and she's in this major paper and Lexi's like you're so right yeah (laughs) um and then we cut to class 
And Miss Dawson is the teacher, and she's telling them that it's career week, and she welcomes this speaker, their first speaker for career week, which was someone, a woman that used to be in the CIA, um, Mrs. Somerville. Mm-hmm. And I also wrote at this point that all the girls have those cute fluffy pens, like the pens from the 2000s with the fluffy tops. Oh, my god! Which gosh. I love. I, I think those are so cute. Um, the CIA woman is explaining her job and she's like, it's an exciting life, but it's also lonely. And she says, sometimes it's just filled with empty hotel rooms, late night meals, and you begin to miss your cat. (laughs) Yeah. I remember that part so well for some reason, like that line about you begin to miss your cat. And then we see, uh, Lexi and Jen in like the computer lab. So yeah, Lexi has an advice column in the school paper, which I'm so jealous of. I've always wanted an advice column. Like I know. There's nothing cooler. I wish I had that so bad. So yeah, that they now have like a school paper meeting in yes. this room. Um, and Mr. Goldblum, the teacher, is like, yeah, kind of like the... The advisor. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, and he's like, we need to, you know, have a round of applause for Lexi getting published. And then he's like, and now our editor would like to say a few words, yeah. which is Jack. And he's like, uh, I would. Yep. But he does. And it starts out nice. He's like, we're always proud when one of our own can make it onto a more visible platform. But then he says, especially a colleague from one of our softer news areas. Burn. He thinks what she does is trash. She doesn't respect women in media. He doesn't. Jack would not like us. <laughs> no. He would, he would bully us. He would look down on us. Oh, yes, he would. Yeah, he would. But then, like, the rest of the club is just like, you're awesome, Lexi. Yeah. <laughs> so. one, yeah. One girl says, today, the Daily Examiner. Tomorrow, the Post. Yes. And then Jen says to her, goddess on the mountaintop, which <gasps> I was like, I want my friends to say that to me just <laughs> casually. I know. Such a good line. Um, and then Lexi thanks Jack and she's like, well, it's actually only because you wouldn't run the story in the school paper that I even submitted to the Daily Examiner. Mm. But I'm also like, I don't blame him for not running this story on like his teacher that he cares about. <laughs> no, yeah, a hundred percent. So the meeting ends and now we get a pretty dramatic scene. So Lexi overhears Mr. Walker and Miss Dawson having this like confrontation in a hallway. And now Miss Dawson is like so creepy. <laughs> I know. What is she from, Sarah? I looked her up, but I didn't see what I think I know her from. Honestly, like, same. I, I don't d- know why I know her. I, know, I couldn't place her. Like, maybe she just left a really big impression on me. I will yeah. say this is who she reminds me of. She has the same energy as pushover Patterson Lefty <laughs> from that scary episode of That's So Raven. There's just something, like, sinister about her. There is, yeah. Like, and it's. I think it's partially the way she speaks. Like, in this scene, so Mr. Walker is, like, breaking up with her, mm-hmm. and she's like, I don't understand. It's I know. like, why are you speaking? speaking that way um yeah yeah and he's like listen like I never meant to hurt you and she's like really because like we made all these plans and now you're just like going back on it and she says I love you and he says okay well I don't love you yes he's like I don't love you anymore and And she says she's sorry she ever met him yeah and then she says something that could be interpreted as kind of threatening Mm -hmm. she says if you think I'm going to continue to pass you in these halls you are sadly mistaken one of us is going to have to leave Millington and I assure you it is not going to be me sounds like a threat sounds like a threat and also this is kind of like edgy for a kids movie I know no yeah I think so Miss Dawson is like unwell (laughs) (laughs) it's her first love is it we don't know we don't know the way she's acting yeah i mean no they are obsessed with each other so lexi is just like eavesdropping and yeah for the record this is not ethical journalism no yeah she's like my credibility is that i was eavesdropping yeah she's like sources say right 
So she overhears all of that. Um, Now we cut back to her in her bedroom at home and she's uh, still doing like work for her advice column and her dad comes in to check on her and he's like bedtime girly and he starts giving her, you know, some really sweet feedback. He's like, I read your piece. It was so heartwarming. And he's sort of giving her some advice. She's like, you know, I want to do hard news like you, dad. Like, how did you get into what you do? And he says that, you know, you really have to work your way up. He started writing for the classifieds and then he like got a lead about a toxic waste dump under a burger joint and he like investigated himself and pitched the story and then he got offered a staff writer position um and he also says a beautiful line there are stories all around you Lex you just have to keep your eyes open and when you get a hunch about something investigate it yes which we love and she's like okay I think I can do that and then he says this great line You'll be amazed what hard work, imagination, and a little luck will bring you. I know. I like the um. I like the imagination in there because I feel yeah. like that's underrated in terms of success. Like, yes. of course, you need imagination to succeed. Yeah, especially like with journalism and like having to uh, uh, guess or like what people will be interested in. Like, you have to imagine what are people going to care about. Yeah. No, it's so cool. I really love the dad. He's a good character. He's a king. He's hot. Yeah, he's cute. A New York Times staff writer. Yeah, literally love. Now we cut to a very like evocative image. It's like chilling. A car being pulled out of a river. I know, very kind of dark for Disney Channel. Very dark because like everyone knows that's not good. Yes. Um, And we see a mustachioed cop drinking coffee. A man with a handlebar mustache. It's a very intense. He looks like he was drawn. (laughs) I mean, it's like crazy. And it's also funny because this movie is in in kind of no way humorous. Like it's really not. And so he is incredibly out of place. Like his handlebar mustache is insane. That's so true. It kind of like shook me. I was like, what's the tone now? I know it's like a tone shift, but I think that every man should have that. You do? Yeah, it's cool. I love a mustache, but I don't like that mustache. <laughs> but it's so funny. <laughs> it's funny, but like I couldn't take you seriously. But I, I am not a mustache hater by any means. Yeah, me either. I'm always trying to get Drummond to just yeah, rock the Yeah, everyone should have a mustache. Yeah, they're cool. Um, so yeah, he, this cop is drinking coffee, watching the car being pulled out of the East River. It's, it's scary. Yeah. And then we see Jack on the street buying a copy of the Daily Examiner. And the front page news, the headline says, teacher marked absent. And it's Mr. Walker. He's missing. He's missing. And then we cut to um, Lexi sleeping at home and her dad wakes her up and tells her Mr. Walker is missing. They found his car in the East River this morning, but he wasn't in it. And Lexi is shook. Yeah. And it's like the timing is scary. Like I would feel really guilty too. I'd be like, yeah, this is just weird timing. Yes. But then we see her walking to school in a chic-ass black beret, lace leggings, and a tight black dress with matching handbag. Okay, she's giving Gucci guilty. Yeah. Like, she literally is, like, dressed like she's about to be convicted. I know. And, like, Jen, a.k.a. Brenda, looks equally fierce, but she has some, like, pink details. Like, she's pink, like, hair extensions in her space buns. She has, like, a pink fur collar. But they are being a little insensitive. They're like, the great thing about mourning is that black never goes out of style. I'm like, girls, a man could be dead. Yes, yes. And they're even like, I I wonder why Mr. Walker is getting so much attention. I'm like, girls, he's a human, even though he dresses badly. I know, they don't see that for him. No. And we do see them in class. Uh, Miss Dawson gets emotional when she like mentions what's going on. She's like, I know like our school is kind of in crisis, but nevertheless, classes will continue. And she's clearly like emotional. Um, And then a cop walks into their class and is like, is Lexi Gold here? 
Mm-hmm. And she has to be questioned by the mustachioed detective. And then he's asking, like, what she knows about the case, and she spills the beans right away. She like, girl, have some discretion. She rats out Miss Dawson. She's like, they had a relationship, and I saw them fighting and all this stuff. And now Miss Dawson is probably suspect number one because of Lexi's mouth. And Lexi, I mean, I do actually think it's good to like share this like even though it makes miss dawson look bad like <laughs> no you're if right, she you're did right. kill someone like it's good to share but you're but right. I will i'm say, like she's a narc <laughs> yeah you're like how could she it's like well but also i do think that lexi is super naive because yes. i would be sharing it like listen i hope this isn't weird but i did hear this where she's like oh she threatened him like maybe she knows something and could help you like she doesn't think that this is making her look bad even though it clearly is yeah she's a princess of privilege yes and then she tells the detective that he would look better without the knobs, a.k.a. the stash. I know. It's not really the time, Lexi. So next, uh, they ask Miss Dawson to come in for questioning. And Lexi, like, eavesdrops outside the door. And Jack catches her and, like, at first judges her for eavesdropping, but then, like, joins in. I know. He's no better than her. No. Miss Dawson is kind of lying to the detective because he's like, oh, you talked to Mr. Walker yesterday? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, how was he? And she's like, he was fine. He was just fine. And the detective's like, really? Because that's not what a student of yours said. And she's like, shoot. Yeah. But yeah, so like Lexi and Jack are talking and like Jack is sort of like, oh my gosh, like it sounds like she kind of threatened him. And Lexi says the only thing Miss Dawson is guilty of is loving him. And that's definitely a crime. I'm like, this man might be deceased. She really has no respect for him. Lexi tells Jack that she's going to get to the bottom of this. And Jack's like, how? Like, I'm the only one that, like, knows Mr. Walker or, like, cares about him. And Lexi's like, oh, you're right. Like, we should team up. And Jack, like, doesn't want to. He wants nothing to do with her or, like, investigating this. But then Lexi's like, you know, you say you care about Mr. Walker. Like, you have a funny way of showing it. Like, don't you want to try to, like, help find him or figure out what happened? And he says the line, how can someone so selfish make me feel so guilty? And she says, <laughs> She's like, it's a gift. So they agree to team up. Yep. And now we get a shopping montage. <laughs> yes. So Jen and Lexi are trying on little outfits. They look so cute. Lexi does tell Jen everything right away, even though she told Jack she wouldn't tell anyone about them working together. Yeah. And Jen is like, oh, my God, like he likes you. Like this is romantic. And Lexi's like, no, it's like strictly business. And Jenna's like, get a clue. He's into you, girl. <laughs> and Jen is like, you know, I actually think Jack's kind of cute. Yeah, and she's right. Which I think is like a good friend thing to do too, where it's like when you know that part of what's holding your girl back from love is that she's like, this isn't like who I saw myself with. It's like, well, to be honest, he's a catch. I know, I know. Because you always say that thing online of like, um, girls have to like fight for their boyfriend's life in the group chat. I'm like, okay, if you have actual concerns about your friend's boyfriend, like they're mean. If it's just that you think they're unattractive, like maybe keep that to yourself because ultimately it's not really a reason not to date someone. It's, it's like, not relevant. you don't have to hook up with him. Like exactly. Yeah. Right. It's like, you're not doing your girl a favor being like, oh my God, you're a 10. He's a two. It's like, I love that man. Like- I know it's like rude. <laughs> Then we cut to Lexi at home in her cute loungewear. She's got fuzzy slippers, lime green pants. Notice. She looks so cute. She looks so cute. And she starts uh, talking to her dad about the case and kind of asking him for advice. She's like, where would you start if you were covering this story? He says, you know, I would look into the subject's background, look for anything out of the ordinary. And he tells her that good reporters are kind of like detectives. Um, And then he's like, wait, I see that what I'm saying, like your wheels are turning. And this is a very serious case. So, like, you can't 
get involved and she's like oh dad of course not i was just curious yes um and then we cut to lexi knocking on her little sister taylor's door taylor has signs like keep out danger no trespassing on the door classic (laughs) um taylor opens the door with a little like device and lexi's i mean taylor's room is kind of like a room for freaks there's like spy (laughs) gear everywhere there's like looks like she's in the cia I can't with these Disney Channel kids and their hobbies. Like, her hobby is being a spy. I know. It's like, what, like, where can you apply this? Like, are you going to be probably a cop? Yeah, she probably is going to be, like, yeah. Something like that. In the CIA. But, yeah, it's filled with spy gear, and Lexi is, like, checking it out. And then she's like, what is this? And her sister tells her it's a stealth listening device. And it really is just, like, headphones and, like, a microphone like I don't really get how this is like spy technology because like the headphones are pretty conspicuous like they're not like subtle you know yeah I don't know yeah I don't really get that either so yeah Lexi like puts on these headphones and her sister like goes out of the room and like talks into it so yeah it's just like a communication device yeah really. yeah, yeah and then she shows her um this wrist walkie-talkie which like looks like a watch but it's a walkie-talkie and Taylor tells Lexi like oh I get all this stuff at this spy shop called the corner spy shop yeah so Lexi goes there with Jack and I'm like I can't believe there's a whole store for this like isn't spying kind of frowned upon okay well guess what Sarah I actually looked it up and guess what what? There's a spy store <gasps> less than an hour from us on the subway. Oh my God, we should go. So let's go. Let's go. I just think it's funny that it's like spying is kind of sus and it's just all these people <laughs> out in the open, like a proud snooper. You know? I kind of love it. I kind of love it. And it's probably all like little like kitschy stuff, like nothing that you could actually do damage with. True. But I was like, oh my God, spy shops are real. So yeah, Lexi and Jack are there. They're like looking for stuff and Lexi finds rear view glasses. That's kind of cool. That is really cool. They're just, yeah, yeah, literally sunglasses that you can see what's happening behind you. Yeah. That's sick. That's dope. And then Jen and Gabe walk in. Lexi's like, oh, Gabe, what are you doing here? Jen's like, okay, I know you guys are upset, but you guys are going to love me in a second because guess what? Gabe lives across the street from Miss Dawson. So maybe we can spy on her. And if nothing weird happens, we can like clear her name. Right. Um, and then Jack chimes in like, or maybe we can like prove she was involved because Jack is very suspicious of Miss Dawson. Like the kids all think she's innocent, but Jack is kind of like, I don't know. The fight was weird. Yeah. Cause he's like such a Mr. Walker stan. He's like, if you threaten my boy. Yeah. They're buds. They're buds. So they're like, okay. So they go to uh, Lexi's house to kind of like have a meeting about how they're going to start this like spy campaign. <laughs> Jack is impressed because Lexi is rich AF. Yes. Um, this is another Dan Humphrey moment. He's like, whoa so this is how the other half lives he literally says that i think yeah (laughs) um and lexi's like okay me and jen should go to mr walker's house while jack and gabe go watch uh miss dawson's house so she's like girls and boys but then jack is like yeah sounds good like i got mr walker's address it's in carol gardens lexi and jen stare blankly at him and he's like in brooklyn they're like ah, no but they're no, they like literally are like no brooklyn jen says i am not slepping all the way out to brooklyn it's so shocking and it is giving they gossip girl again brooklyn. where it's like guys you do know brooklyn is like i know nice i know yeah so then jack is like okay it sounds like maybe like i'm gonna have to go with you lexi instead of jen because she's clearly not vibing with this and lexi says i was afraid of that <laughs> she's such a jack hater <laughs> she is so scared to be alone with jack and it's probably because she knows that secretly she thinks he's cute exactly and she starts calling up a car jack's like what no we don't need to take a car we'll take the subway and Lexi is like clearly flustered and she's like, oh, you made me dial the wrong number. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. Have you <laughs> never been on the subway? And she's like, of course I haven't. I take it all the time. And he's like, okay. 
then let's go. And then cut to like a view of the subway station with the most ominous music ever and Lindsay being like, oh my God, oh my yeah. God. Like she's so scared to take the subway. The ominous music really took me it's out. It's so iconic. It's I like know. the worst thing someone could do is take the subway. And then we see uh, Gabe and Jen, they install a camera on the fire escape looking into Miss Dawson's home. I'm like, what if they like see their teacher naked? Yes, it's so invasive. It's so invasive. And they go back to Gabe's house where they have on his computer set up like a live stream so they can like watch everything she does on camera. Um, but so far she's not doing anything cause she's not home. So they're like, want, want. Yeah. And then cut to Lindsay on the F train. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> they arrive in Brooklyn. We know it's Brooklyn because a man has long hair and he's playing the guitar. So that's signaling to us that he, we're in Brooklyn. We are in Brooklyn. And okay, <laughs> this part is so, so funny. So Lexi's looking around like shocked and she says, what a riot. Who knew? Yeah. Her thoughts on Brooklyn are how interesting. I mean, who knew? She didn't know that Brooklyn was like a whole place where people like lived their lives. Yeah. She thought it was just like rats and people eating out of the garbage. Right. She had no idea. There's rich people here too, if you can yes. believe it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so funny. So yeah, they're like feuding about which way to go because Lexi's like, I have a map. And Jack's like, you're holding it the wrong way. And like, I've been to Mr. Walker's before, so I know. And this is when he says um, that Mr. Walker once gave him like his old computer. So Jack went to his house to pick it up. Right. Um, and that does kind of come back. And then we see... Uh, Gabe and Jen watching Miss Dawson and she's home now and she starts doing an exercise tape. Yeah. Just so cute. And then Jen's like, I love this tape. And she gets up and starts doing the <laughs> yeah. exercise routine. <laughs> so Lexi and Jack are walking down the street and Lexi comes face to face with a man who's looking a little rough. He's looking like he might be experiencing homelessness. Yes. And she thinks that he's wearing Mr. Walker's coat. And I mean, it's like, of course she accuses the first homeless man she sees of murder. Like, like she would. And it's also like, I know she really would. She, her bias is showing. Also, it's yeah. like the most basic nondescript I know. coat. She thinks it's impossible there could be another coat like this in Brooklyn. I'm like, I don't think so. She says that five times. She's like, how many ugly ass coats could there be in one city? I'm like, I'm like, a probably lot. a lot. And she also is walking down the street and being like, oh, like I feel like a, a mannequin. Like everyone's looking at me. And it's so funny because like, People in Brooklyn look look like this all the time. Like she looks like every twenty three year old girl in Brooklyn. I know. She's Although like, I'm sticking out like a sore thumb. I know. I'm like you're fine. She thinks very highly of herself. Yeah. Um. So they get to Mr. Walker's place and they see Miss Stern leaving. Yeah. Which is sus. And they're like, hmm. And then they just waltz right into his building. I guess the building door was unlocked. And then his apartment door is unlocked, which is scary. It's like a jar. It's very scary. I'm like, guys, don't go in. It's like a potential crime scene. You could I find know. him with his head blown off. I know. They're so bold for being like, I guess let's go in. Like, we came this far. So they're like looking about his apartment, which is messy, but like he does have a gorgeous stained glass window. Yeah, no, it's like very nice. It's nice. It's like really spacious. Um, and Jack finds a briefcase with the initials NP on it, which they're like, that's weird. Like that, those aren't his initials. So yeah. whose is this? And Lexi is snooping about and she opens like a wardrobe thing and there's a mirror inside the wardrobe and then jump scare. <laughs> Mr. Sheffield from The Nanny or um, Dimitri, Dimitri from, from Mom's, Mom's Got a Date. Yeah. So this is our second decom now that we've covered that Mr. Sheffield is in. Charles Shaughnessy. And it's crazy. He's just standing there behind her and she can see it in the mirror and it's like really <laughs> scary. And then Lindsay lets out a blood curdling scream. <laughs> Oh my god, I did too. Scary. I was like, Mr. Sheffield is back on DCOM land. <laughs> His second one second in one. two years. 
And then meanwhile, we do see um, Gabe and Jen. Gabe is like falling asleep in his chair. And then Jen is like, oh my gosh, she notices something on the camera and she wakes Gabe up. And Miss Dawson has a visitor, a man, and he has flowers and hugs her. And guess what? It's Mr. Goldblum, the school paper advisor. Yep. And it's like drama. Are they dating? Are they seeing each other? What about Mr. Walker? They don't know. They don't know. Um, and now, meanwhile, Mr. Sheffield <laughs> tells them, he's like, I'm Detective Meanie, and like, this is private property. Like, this is illegal that you guys came in here. And then he tells them, he's like, if you know anything about Mr. Walker's disappearance, like, I suggest you tell me right, right away. And he's scary. He's like, yes. Yeah. He seems kind of like, almost like he's threatening them a little bit. Yep. Um, and Lexi asks, uh, if he has the time and she checks out his watch when he, um, tells her the time and then jack is like it's getting late we gotta go yep and then they go on the street and jack's kind of like what why were you like asking about stuff like we gotta gotta go and then lexi's like oh my god jack like you're scared (laughs) and then he's like well like why would you question a detective and she's like i don't think that man is a new york detective and she says a new york detective could never afford a platinum watch a Pomoni suit and alligator boots. <laughs> so now we've seen two movies, this movie and Legally Blonde, yes, where I a was... woman's keen sense of fashion has helped solve a case. Yeah, I was going to say this is huge Legally Blonde energy where it's yes. like these um, skill sets, these areas of expertise that society deems vapid are helping solve like really important problems. Yes, yes. Yeah. This came out one year after Legally Blonde. Death but it was like- Inspiration probably. Yeah, yeah, right? But it's like they were filmed so close that I'm like, maybe this just was in the zeitgeist at the time yeah, enough that- maybe. But no, it's definitely giving Elle Woods. Also like her and Jack are also giving Elle and Emmett. They are. Yeah. So- then Jack is like, okay, like, I hear your concerns. Like, let's just run a check on this dude, Detective Meanie, and see if we can find anything. She's like, yep, let's go back to my place. He's like, no, we'll go to mine. It's really close by. I also wrote at this part that they look like every couple in Brooklyn, like a girl dressed to the nines with like a fur coat and a boy who has probably one shirt. You're so right, I was Nora. like, yeah, I see these people every day. Yeah. And then, so... Lexi's like, wait, you live in Brooklyn? I'm like, my girl, his accent is conspicuous. I know. And also they go to his house. His place now would cost millions of dollars. It's huge and really nice. It's so nice. And she's like, how quaint. She like feels so bad for him. I'm like, he's doing fine. Like he's doing fine. Maybe it's true that he couldn't afford like a bougie Manhattan private school, but I'm yeah. like, he's not impoverished. No, like this is a gorgeous house in Brooklyn. It's probably so expensive. Yeah. And so yeah, he tells her, like, yeah, I'm at Millington on a scholarship. But Jack is very much like he's not at all ashamed. He's like no. proud yeah. to be not like um in the one percent. Yes. <laughs> And we learned that his mom is a nurse and like she works extra shifts in the ER. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, the mom, they meet the mom and she gives them um, lemon squares. And yeah, because Lexi's like, it smells amazing in here. And Jack's like, yeah, my mom is an amazing cook. And she's like, she cooks? Jack is going to get it in college. Yeah. That twin bed is going to be occupied. It's true. <laughs> like he's, he's a catch. He's nice to his mom. He's smart. He grew up in humble beginnings. Girls he, are going to be into it. He has values and ethics. Yes. Yeah. I, yep. lo- I do love Jack. And I loved him as a kid. He was like my type as a kid. I was yeah, like, totally. The smart boy. Yeah. Yeah, I loved him. So, yeah, she's in his house. They are like, they talk to his mom for a second, but then they're like, okay, we have a school project, so we're going to go upstairs. And Lexi sees family photos on the wall. Jack's like, that's my brother, Todd. He's in the Navy in Hawaii now. (laughs) Yeah. And Lexi's like, oh my God, I love Hawaii. Like, what's your favorite island? And he's like, 
I've, I've never been. My brother is just stationed there. And she's, she's like, like, oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> but then we learn that Jack's dad died a couple years ago. I know. And it's so sweet, like, the way Jack talks about it. He's like, he's like, you know, it's okay. Like, he was sick for a really long time, and we took really good care of him, which is, like, yeah. so sweet. Like, even though he's kind of like, it's really okay. Like, I actually did get the feeling that, like, he has processed this. And, yeah. like, is, like accepted it in a way that like isn't just like numbing his pain i was like king king so they're in jack's room you know lexi's learning like wow this king has been through some things she also sees his bowling trophies we learn he likes bowling yep <laughs> and lexi's like ew pre-worn shoes <laughs> so they're on his ancient computer which we find out is the one that mr walker had gifted to him a while back yeah um so they look up detective charles meany and they do in fact find a registered detective by that name but lexi's still skeptical she's like he could just be pretending to be this guy and then jack is like wait this is impossible i have an email from mr walker yep a missing man and he's like it and it's his um letter of recommendation that he had asked for to get his uh, scholarship renewed. Yeah. And even though it's dated like four days ago, the email was sent yesterday. Which is really suspicious. Like, And then Lexi says, how does a dead man send an email? And then Jack's like, wait, this was once Mr. Walker's computer. Like, let me check something. And he finds like who the computer is like licensed to. Yep. And it says... Nicholas Petrosian, NP, the yes. initials from that briefcase. Yes. So they're like, <gasps> they're shook. They're so shook. And then we see Jen, she gets a page because people used to get pages back then. <laughs> and she tells Gabe, like, Lexi wants to meet back at her place. So they all are back at Lexi's house having a little meeting. Okay, wait, there was a moment I didn't understand, Nora. Okay. When they're talking about like, oh, how would this New York detective be dressed so well? It doesn't make any sense. And then Jen is like, I don't know, like um, Cameron Diaz looked pretty good in Charlie's Angels. And then like Lexi, like it like it looks like she's like Jen, that's offensive. Like she like looks at her weird and then looks at Jack weird. I think. OK, so here's my theory. Okay. So they're filling these people in on everything that happened. Right. And then, yeah, so. Uh, Lexi's rehashing everything and then that part happens. I think that over the course of the movie, Lexi is becoming more humble, more she's becoming less shallow. Yeah. And so also she's starting to like Jack. So this remark from Jen is like embarrassing to her. She's like, Jen, like this is a murder. Like don't bring up Charlie's angels. Okay. I think she like thinks that's like a stupid thing to say. That does make sense. Okay. However, I felt like Lexi was the one being like, this man could never afford these clothes. And then Jen's like, yeah, but like this detective afforded nice clothes. And she's like, Jen, have some taste. Oh, I mean, I think that she's being rude because I'm also like, Lexi, you would have done that two days ago. And now that you went to Brooklyn once and now you're like, don't make a stupid comment about a movie. Yeah. It's you're like right. the F train really changed her. It really changed her. <laughs> but okay, that does kind of make sense because I was just like, what? I, I, I think she's embarrassed in front of this crush who uh, has more depth. She's like, I don't, don't. Jen. Okay. That yeah, makes that's sense. That's what I think. No, that definitely makes sense. And then so Jack ran a search of Nicholas Petrosian that they now have reason to think is Mr. Walker's real name. And a guy by this name is missing and presumed dead. He was a banker charged with fraud and embezzlement. And his mom is still alive and living in Brighton Beach, New York, which is in Brooklyn. So they're like, we need to go visit her. Um, and then we go back to the kids at school. Yes. Lexi and Jen are chatting at their locker. <laughs> They're chatting at their locker. Jen is talking about her outfit. And we get the sense that Lexi has moved on to more serious matters, such as lusting for Jack Downey, who she sees out of the corner of her eye. Facts. She is like ignoring Jen, just like looking at Jack like, 
Jack is so interesting. He's been through so much. I, I really like spending time with him and her inner monologue. Right. And then she like snaps herself out of it. She's like, what am I, what am I saying? Some may say that she's down bad she for is Jack Downey. down bad. And then Jack walks over to them. He's like, great news. I found Mrs. Petrosian's address. Like now we can go visit her. Then we go back to Brooklyn. We see cute old men playing chess on the sidewalk. <laughs> and the kids get to Mrs. Petrosian's door and they knock and a classic old lady opens the door. She honestly looks like what I imagine all look like at that age. She's like maximalist queen. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we're looking for the mom of... Nicholas Petrosian. Nicholas Petrosian. Yep. I think and it's Armenian. Yeah, it sounds like Armenian. Like the Kardashians. Um, and she's like, oh, there's like no one by that name here. And then we hear a voice behind them say, like, let them in, invite them in. And guess who it is, guys? It's straight up Mr. Walker. Yes. He's in this house. Shocking. Shocking. And they're like, what? And then they all sit in the living room together and Jack's like, so, like, what's the deal with this, like, embezzlement and fraud? Yeah, he wastes no time. And then Mr. Walker is like, I was framed. And then we see a flashback. It's Petrosian <laughs> in the 80s. Yeah. And he's like, I was an ambitious banker in Arizona. And I was like, ah, yes, the financial mecca, Arizona. <laughs> I like, know, so random. Why not make it New York? I guess because he had to escape and it would be too obvious if he stayed in New yeah. York. Make it, like, California. Make it yeah. Chicago. I know. I was like, huh. <laughs> so he was, yes, an ambitious banker in Arizona. And he landed a huge account. And he was like, on top of the world. But then someone stole $10 million from that account that he was managing and put it into a foreign account in his name. <gasps> And he never found out who framed him, but he also ran. And I'm like, don't run. Like, tell your story. Stand trial. If you're innocent. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he ran and kind of low-key faked his own death. And as one does. As one does. <laughs> and he assumed the identity of a dead man named Orlando Walker, who had died the year before he came to New York. Orlando was a teacher, so he just became one too. And Mr. Walker is very cute in this scene. He's like, I just like love it being a teacher. He was so cute. He is so cute. I know. Yeah, he's a Wait, cute man. Did you know that um, assuming the identity of a dead person is called ghosting? Oh, really? The original ghosting. <gasps> Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, he tells them his whole backstory and he's like, and things were going great, TBH. But then I met Miss Dawson and we fell in love. And then cut to an adorable flashback of them enjoying sandwiches together and being absolutely so adorable. They're so cute. And then like, unfortunately, it really is Lexi's fault because he's like, 100%. yeah, like after that picture that you published, like I started to feel like <laughs> I was being followed because like now someone knows I'm alive. She's like, oh, shoot. It really is just like fully her fault. It's like fully her fault. Also, there's this line um, that's seemingly like innocuous, but then now you realize like, oh, because at the beginning of the movie, Gabe says to Lexi, like, how did you get that photo? Like Mr. Walker won't even allow his picture in the yearbook. Mm. And you think like, oh, he must be shy. No. No. He's he's on the run. He's on the run. Yeah. So then we find out that uh, Mr. Walker, it's so weird because like, I don't know what to call him because like they all keep calling him Mr. Walker and even Miss Dawson does later. So I think we'll just call him Mr. Walker. Mr. Walker. So Mr. Walker reveals that uh, he had received this like ominous note and it's smudged because it got rained on. But it says something about like 2 p.m. hotel lobby if you don't pay your girlfriend will. But he doesn't know which hotel because of the smudging. Yeah. And then Jack's like, Mr. Walker, you're being blackmailed. It's like, yeah, no, duh, Sherlock. Like, <laughs> yeah. duh, he's being blackmailed. Um, but so the kids are like, we have to figure out like which hotel this is so we can like protect, 
you know, Miss Dawson and like figure this all out. So they consult the spy little sister Taylor. And we see the crew back at Lexi's house and Taylor is using like spy powders and brushes and sprays and a blue light (laughs) so they can read the smudged note. And they find out that it was, uh, the note says the Fairmark Hotel, Mm -hmm. which I don't think is a real hotel in New York. I don't think so. Yeah. It's probably there's something similar to it that they based it on, but the Fairmark, I I feel like it's I think they're like combining two real hotel names. Yeah. So they're like, okay, we know where to go. And then um, the dad like knocks and he's like, kids, what are you up to in there? And they're like, oh, learning some new dance moves. And they all start dancing like (laughs) so insanely. And he's like. nowadays it'd be so believable because they'd be like we're practicing tiktok dances i know i know um Um, so after this cut to Lindsay in another perfect ensemble high pony leather coat sunglasses she looks so good all black because it's stakeout day yep and she goes downstairs and she is talking to her dad and he tells her like the latest developments in the case like oh like your teacher like they think he's this man on the run for embezzlement and fraud and she's kind of like oh, that's weird. And then she's like, has he been caught? And then he's like, no, he's still missing. And she's like, great. And he's like, what? Then she's like, gotta go, dad. Right. And then we get this cute moment with her sister where she like runs up to Lexi and she's like, wait, you might need these. And she gives her walkie talkies. And these sisters that were previously not that close, they hug. And then Lexi says, you know, I just may keep you, which I'm going to start saying to you. I know. It was so cute. (laughs) It just may keep you, Nora. (laughs) So Lexi hails a cab and the crew, the four of them and Mr. Walker, they're all dressed in black. They all look super fierce. Yes. They all, they look so good. They give Mr. Walker an earpiece because they're like using him as bait basically, but they want to like communicate with him. So they get to the hotel and they like get into their positions. Gabe is filming and Jack is like trying to blend in, like reading a newspaper. They're all just kind of like hiding, but Mr. Walker is like out in the open. Yep. Now in this part, all the film's suspects arrive at the hotel, like at the same time. Yes. We see everyone. We see Miss Dawson, Mr. Goldblum, Miss Stern, um, Mr. Walker's mom is here. Like we also see the the guy, the homeless man that Lexi like thought might have stolen Mr. Walker's coat. He's here. Everybody is here. But now Detective Meanie arrives. Duh. Duh. And he's like Petrosian. And we find out that this was his old boss when he was a banker. His real name is Granville. <laughs> And it becomes clear immediately that he's the man that framed him. Yep. Yep. 100%. And yeah. And Mr. Walker's like, why'd you do this to me? You set me up. And he says, of course I did, old boy. You're such an easy mark. I'm like, why did you do this? I also just hate it because he was so forthcoming right away. And I'm like, I feel like there would be some more like secretive. Like I was just like, he right away went up and was like, yes, I did everything you think I did. And it was like, I don't know. I know, like he could easily be wearing a wire. Also, it's yeah. like you're in such a public space. Like he could easily just be like, this man admitted to framing me. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Granville like thinks Mr. Walker has something of his. He's like, give me what's mine. And Mr. Walker's like, I don't have the money if that's what you mean. And he's mm-hmm. like, I know you don't have the money. Just give me what's mine. And he's like, he's like trying to stall. So he's like, I could give you half. Like yeah. not even knowing what he's talking about. Right. And this anger angers him he's like half what do you mean half yes and then he kind of gets tipped off he's like who sent you and he kind of is like "Ah!" and then he runs away (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like kind of crazy i was like wait what's like going on um and the kids are kind of like startled because mr walker trips so they're like are you okay so they sort of like lose sight of granville Mm -hmm. but then they're like okay we got to split up to look for him so jack and lexi go 
downstairs to like the basement of the hotel and they see Granville running away and he turns some nozzle and like hot steam starts coming out of these pipes. Yeah. And Lexi's bracelet gets caught on like this beam where all the pipes are. So like they're going on one by one. So like basically Lexi is stuck where it's like if she doesn't get out soon, she's going to be like burned by hot steam. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Jack, help. Yep. And then he does help her and they do get away. And then when they're out of the basement, she uh, kisses him on the cheek because she's grateful for him saving her. And he doesn't know how to act. He's like, uh, anyway. He's like, moving on. Um, And then they're like running through the halls <laughs> and they hear a noise coming from the ladies. Is it like a ladies locker room? Is no, it- it's like the it's spa. It looks like a locker room, but, but it's, it's like a spa. Yeah. They didn't um, do great with the location scouting because this is supposed to be like a fancy hotel. Yeah, it literally looks like a locker room. But um, so they hear like a scream and this 14-year-old girl goes following a scream. Uh, I know. And we see that Miss Dawson is quite literally bound in cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's looking rough because she was having a spa day. So she's in a robe and she has like a, like a face mask on. Yep. But she's, yeah, she's tied up to a chair. Her feet are in, like, buckets of liquid. Yes. And also, like, she's, like, she's screaming, like, <laughs> but all that's around yeah. her mouth is just, like, a loose towel. Like, I know. Like, she could have screamed more effectively, <laughs> but she's just a mess. So Lexi, like, frees her. Uh, Miss Dawson reveals, she's, like, I received, like, this mysterious invitation for, like, a free spa day. Mm. Lexi's, like, that was probably Granville trying to get you here. And she's, like, Mr. Walker's alive, but, like, we need to go, like, help him. And then this part's so weird because she just, like, pushes Miss Dawson into a shower. And it's like, I'm sorry to leave you, but I have to go. And then it's like, Miss Dawson literally is making the strangest sounds. Like, she's, like, underwater. I'm like, girl, it's a shower. Just take a shower. She's I like, know. Mm. I'm like, you're not tied up anymore. Like, her acting choices are just bizarre They're, to me. Yeah, insane. I'm like, yeah. what is going Lindsay on? Lindsay just dropped a huge bomb and then it was like, I push you into a shower and then run. It's so weird. Okay, and then we see a homeless man, the homeless man from earlier with the coat. He's entering a press conference <laughs> that Lexi's dad is at and reveals Reveal. that he is a city councilman who has been living undercover as a homeless man on the streets of Brooklyn. Yes, and his name is literally Gary I Care. <laughs> And he takes off his fake hair and beard. Um, and then the kids actually entered this like this like ballroom slash like conference room yeah. to hear this. And the councilman is like, now I have some insight into the poverty on our streets. And he's like, do you see this coat? To some, it's a fashion statement. To other, it's a means of survival. This was the only act of kindness I got in my whole four weeks on the street. So it's implied that Mr. Walker gave him this coat off his back. Yes. Just sweet. Yes. Um, and then Lindsay's like, that old rag, a form of shelter? I never thought of it that way. Like, you kind of expect it to be more impactful to her. And, like, in this moment, she's kind of just like, huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. But literally, this man is just like Tyra Banks when she pretended to be homeless on her show. She did that? Yeah, and it was really cringe and honestly kind of offensive. <laughs> That's Tyra's only flavor is cringe and kind of offensive. <laughs> oh, oh, Tyra. Tyra. <laughs> so now... Uh, Mr. Walker and Miss Dawson are reunited. She like mm-hmm. runs down the hotel stairs in a bathrobe and slippers and they like embrace. And the kids are still trying to like get Granville and they like are sitting down with Miss P, Mrs. Petrosian, who's like just randomly eating lunch there. Yeah. And Lexi puts on her rear view glasses and she spots Granville behind them and she's like, Jack, go. <laughs> and then Jack pushes uh, like a serving tray that's on wheels toward 
the bad guy <laughs> knocking over a huge cake that two chefs are carrying and it lands right on Granville's face yep. and he falls down. Classic. Classic. Then uh, the mustachio detective from the beginning is here, but he shaved his stash per Lexi's advice. Yeah. And he's like, freeze. And now we get Lexi's voiceover kind of like tying everything up as best she can <laughs> as best she can because we see mr goldblum the teacher walking arm in arm with miss stern and lexi explains that apparently miss stern liked mr walker too so that's why she was upset at the beginning yeah about the picture and then that's so bold so if you see your crush on the, another person <laughs> demand like conversation now we've never kissed but i'm pissed like i know it's crazy it's straight up crazy. And then I guess Mr. Goldblum liked Miss Dawson. But she was rejecting him. So these two teachers just rebounded with each other. This is drama, drama, drama. It's like, guys, this is a lot. This is a lot. So that's like, okay. And then, so we see them walking arm in arm. And then, so Miss P is so happy to see Granville Falco in handcuffs after all these years for framing her son. But then the... Uh, detective guy is like, well, Mr. Petrosian, you're under arrest too. And he's like, but I was framed. And he's like, then what happened to the money? Huh? And he says, I wish I knew. And then Lexi uses her fashion knowledge yet again to mm -hmm. save the day. Yep. She notices an interesting bumblebee brooch on uh, Mr. Petrosian's like dress or whatever. And she's like, where did you get that extremely unique piece of jewelry? <laughs> and she says, I've had it since Reagan was in office. And she reveals that she found it in a paper bag when she was visiting her son at his bank years and years ago. And she just thought it was pretty and kept it. Mm -hmm. And Lexi's like, yo, this is a rare canary diamond. There's like 35 in the world. I'd say it's worth around $10 million. Which is the exact amount of money missing that was transferred from the foreign account or transferred to the foreign account. Right. So she's so it's like, sus. it's extremely sus. And Lexi's like, I bet Granville bought the diamond to hide the money, but then he lost it. And so that's why he's been chasing Mr. Walker as he thinks he has this rare canary diamond. Yes. And then yeah, Mr. Sheffield fully cops to it. He's like, I thought you stole it. He admits it he to admits everything. It in front of several police officers. Yeah, so he obviously gets <laughs> taken away. Yeah. And then I love this part. Jack says to Lexi, in what part of the brain do you store this information? And she says, the bobble department. How cute. I want a so bobble cute. department in my little old brain. Aw, adorable. And then we see a newspaper. And on the front page is a picture of the kids and Mr. Walker smiling. And then we see Lexi sitting on like a bench that we get is probably in like a courtyard at her school. Yep. And Miss Dawson sits next to her and she's like, look, you made the front page. This is your byline. Yep. And she says, maybe you should be one of our career day speakers as a journalist. <gasps> so cute. Love. Um, and also she says at this point, like, oh, the investigation is over. Like me and Mr. Walker are together now, which I really liked because it would have been crazy if the FBI agent like took this 14 year old at her word. Yeah. So I'm glad that they made a note of like, no, there was a full investigation because it would have been insane if the movie just ended with like, thank you, 14 year olds. We believe you right away. Yeah. Like that would have been nuts. Yeah, that's so true. That's a nice little touch. And then Miss Dawson is like, oh, well, like, I got to go. I'm meeting Orlando. He wants to ask me something, which, again, is his fake name. But I guess he just wants to start over as Orlando Walker. So, yeah, she's like, he wants to ask me something, which it's like, we can all infer what that might be. Engagement. Cut to their wedding. 
Yeah, they're all chilling. They're all at the wedding. And yes. then we see them kind of like going off into a horse and carriage. And Mr. Walker's wearing a top hat. <laughs> yeah, Lexi, you couldn't have intervened with that one. I know. It's like, girl, fashionista. I guess she finally learned like, hey, I cannot tell people what to do. Maybe she learned to bite her tongue, which I do support. Yeah, I do too. She's too much. But also she looks really cute in this scene. I mean, oh yeah, this dress now wouldn't be like a serve, but she just looks so pretty. It's like She's so pretty. a sky blue dress with like butterflies like on it up by the shoulder. Honestly, it would be and now that kind of vibe is so bad yeah i guess you're right and her hair just looks so pretty it's like kind of wavy but yeah so they watch their teachers ride off into the sunset and then lexi is talking to jack she's like i heard you got your scholarship renewed like congrats and he says thanks i'm really looking forward to going back to school partly because of you oh my god and it's like oh my god and then we find out she got him a gift mm-hmm. and he opens it and she got him bowling shoes because remember he's a bowler and she says she wants to go bowling with him cute and then jen and gabe are right there and jen overhears and she's like ew lexi bowling and then lexi's like i think i can handle pre-worn shoes because she's becoming more down to earth and then jen's like gross and then we end with this amazing quote from lexi where she says my feet aren't that elite and neither are yours get with the planet (laughs) get with the planet and that's how she's talking about climate change because she's talking about reusing shoes no you're so right about that but that's what i took away that's what you took away i was like she's like she's a vintage girl now right she's gonna go to buffalo exchange after this get with the planet get with the planet and then the four of them walk away down the Manhattan streets and Lexi's voiceover says, New York has got to be the coolest city in the world. It has a little bit of everything, be it mystery, intrigue, or good friends. It's all here. And if you can't find it, well, then you just have to get a clue. So true. I feel like Lexi, I mean, she's going to be a successful journalist, but like she could also totally be like, she's very much giving um, a little bit Carrie from Sex and the City too yeah. with her voiceover. Yep. She's like, I couldn't help but think New York was the coolest city in the world. (laughs) I couldn't help but wonder, does Jack Downey want to go bowling with me? (laughs) And that's get a clue. That's get a clue. So fun. So much fun. Um, A couple facts about the movie. So it was filmed primarily in Toronto, Canada, like their school like interior locations that's like a school in toronto but obviously some exterior scenes were filmed in new york also okay so the ending with uh like the ending at the hotel where like you know the whole thing with we find out it's detective meanie that was filmed like way after the rest of the movie oh because originally miss stern was the villain oh they changed it they changed it and then on the dvd version which i'm like i wish we had this um the viewer has the option to watch either ending when the movie hits the 61 minute mark fun so like you can see that ending we should try to find that on youtube yeah that's so fun um and then some stuff about like the director and whatnot so i don't know there wasn't that much interesting stuff about like the director and writers so the movie was directed by maggie greenwald um, she honestly, yeah, just like didn't really have any other interesting credits. She recently directed a Hallmark movie, Christmas on Honeysuckle Lane. Um, <laughs> this movie was written by Alana Sanko. She wrote a couple Dragon Tales episodes, like just not a lot, of, not a lot of credits, to be honest. And then the music was by David Mansfield. Nothing truly jumped out at me, but they all did a good job. Um, so let's talk about the cast a little bit. I want to say about Miss Lindsay that we are so happy about her new movie, Falling for Christmas, with Cord Overstreet yes, from Glee. I can't wait to watch it. I know. I haven't seen it yet, and I'm really excited. Yeah, I got to watch it. Yeah. We, love, we love Lindsay here. 
I know. We're huge fans. And she also got married this year. I know. And I saw something iconic. She did an interview. I think it was on Live with Kelly and Ryan with Ryan Seacrest. And she said to Ryan Seacrest when he was asking about her uh, wedding, she's like, getting married is awesome. You should try it sometime. (gasps) Yes. Because Ryan Seacrest like famously won't commit. Give it back. Give it back, Lindsay. Yeah. So we're very happy for her with her new movie and her, her new man. Yes. So Bug Hall was Jack Downey. He was um, Alfalfa in The Little Rascals. His name is Bug? Yeah, his real name's Brandon, but he's gone by Bug like his whole life. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was. he's most known for being in The, the Little Rascals. Um, so he was very much a child actor. And so this is, it's actually really interesting, his story. So he's been really outspoken about experiencing childhood sexual abuse as oh, a wow. kid in the industry. Wow. And, and not even just that, but just like, he's really like a big... Uh, he's really outspoken about just the ways in which like being a child actor, even without like over abuse is just like kind of insane. Yes. And how like he just has like a ton of anxiety around like performing in any way. So he left the industry completely in 2020 and he and his wife took a vow of poverty and he lives on like a farm in Michigan with his wife and daughters. Um, And he's sober. So what is a vow of poverty? Just like, I honestly don't really know. I think maybe just like, they're not like live simply. Yeah. Right. That's kind of what I assumed. And I did watch um, a big chunk of an interview he did in September with our girl, Christy Carlson Romano gorgeous for her podcast, vulnerable. And yeah, they, (laughs) 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 such a genuine reaction. I love it so much. <laughs> Vulnerable. I, I could not love her more. I know, right? I she, feel she's everything to me. I feel the exact same. And yeah, they just really talked about like being child stars and the you know the implications of that. Gorgeous. So honestly, Bug is a king. Um, we love that for him that he's yeah talking about his his life and sharing his story. Ian Gomez plays Mr. Walker slash Nicholas Petrosian. So he's in the My Big Fat Greek Wedding movies. Yes. Which we watched kind of recently for the first time ever. Yeah. We were uh, behind on that. And so he was married to Nia Vardalos who wrote and starred in those movies for like 25 years. And they're now divorced, oh. which is sad, but I think they're still like on good terms, honestly. That makes me love him even more because I love her. she's such a queen. She's such a queen. That movie was so good. I know. Um, but he's very much still working. He's currently in um, the Apple Plus show uh, Physical, which stars Rose oh, Byrne. Yeah, I've heard that's good. Yeah, he was also in like Cougar Town. He's definitely like worked his whole his whole life. Yeah, he's a good little actor. Yeah, he's a, man, he's a grown man. I'm like good little actor. <laughs> he's a I good little boy. About, I always said about the kids, but I'm like, I know I'm saying about him. I know about a man who's like way older than us. <laughs> Um, we already talked about Miss Brenda song. So honestly, you need to go listen to our Stuck in the Suburbs episode. Yeah, you, we know. Yeah, we're going to talk about her so much because she's in so much. Yeah. Um, Al Mukadam was Gabe. He still acts, although I honestly just didn't really know any of his other credits, mm-hmm. but definitely still working. Amanda Plummer is Miss Dawson. Her most like recent thing that we would know, she was in um, Ratchet, the Adam Murphy show with um, Sarah Paulson. The one that was like yeah. off an offshoot of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, I watched that, but I know her from something else, but I just, I don't know what it is. Like I know. I, I, maybe she was in like an episode of something. That might be what it is. Cause yeah. she, she definitely like her resume was long AF. Like yeah. the girl has been working, but nothing like jumped out at me. And then we already talked about Mr. Charles Shaughnessy, a.k.a. Detective Nini slash Granville, because he stars in Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. So go listen to that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Nora, let's rate the love interest. Okay, yes. Or I guess okay. we have a couple. I didn't even think about that. Um. So what are you going to give Miss Dawson and Mr. Walker? 
I think I'm going to give them we support this union. They've been through so much together. It's just so clear when you see either of them speak about the other one that they just light up. Yes. They feel so much love for each other and it's very clear. And I think it's like really beautiful. Like I feel like they've both been through a lot in their life. I mean, we know a lot more about um, Mr. Walker, but like I feel like Miss Dawson, like, I don't know. I just feel like they've probably waited a long time for this love and they really deserve it. And they're really cute together and I support them. I 100% agree. I gave them the same thing. We support this union. I think they're going to stay married. I think they're going to be so happy. And yeah, I love them. So what are you going to give Miss Lexi and Mr. Jack? I'm really curious to hear what you say. Okay. I'm, I am going to give them, I have some notes. I love them both. I guess like my main thing is like, listen, I think it's really sweet that they both taught each other something about like someone different from you is still a good person. I think they both did genuinely at least start to learn that. However, I just think, I don't think it's going to work out in the long term. Like Lexi, listen, like it's just a fact that she's privileged. And I think it would be one thing if she was the type of like really wealthy girl that was like, I don't like materialism. I don't like the wealth gap. Like I want to like be with someone who like changes me, but like ultimately no, like her main interest is fashion. And like, she's not just interested in like thrifting. Like she's interested in really high end brands. And like, I think ultimately she needs to be with someone who doesn't make her feel like that's vapid or problematic. And I think Jack also kind of needs to be with someone who gets where he's coming from a little bit more. It's not that I don't think it can work, but I just honestly realistically don't think it will. Yeah, I 100% agree. I gave it, we have some notes too. I think like the difference between Lexi and maybe some other like material girls who have left their high life for like their Brooklyn boyfriend, like Serena or like sharing Clueless is like, I don't think that... Lexi sees any problem really yes. with the way she lives. Like, I think that there's certain things that she's like, oh, I never thought about this. I never thought about this. But ultimately, I think that she's going to get really bored with Jack. Because yeah. I also got the vibe from Jack that he doesn't really want to, like, go to, like, a play or, like, go out to, like, a club where I think, like, that's going to be Lexi's arc. Of, yeah. like, I think she's going to live, like, an it girl life in her 20s. I think he's not going to want to be around for that. I just think they're too different. I think they'll try it. I think it won't work. And then hopefully they can, like, be friends throughout high school. But... Yeah, I don't think it's going to work long term. I know. I really hope they can stay friends because yeah. I do think that they like are good for each other to like have around. Yeah. And good like work colleagues. Like yeah. that would be great if like they can send each other their stuff because they're both really smart they're and they really have smart. different perspectives on journalism. I also will say that like I feel like he'll make her feel bad about yeah. caring about stuff like yeah, like her clothes or like this pop culture thing and ultimately like there's nothing wrong with no. caring about that like especially if you're someone like Lexi where like she also is interested in like hard news and like yeah being she's very smart clearly so like I think that there's potential for her to feel really insecure in that relationship and I don't yeah. like that like caring about fashion doesn't make you not smart and I think that he kind of thinks that I completely agree. Like, he definitely is really judgy. So my favorite quote, honestly, I know there were some, like, cute, serious quotes. For some reason, I feel like this isn't like me, but I've just lately been going with silly quotes instead. That's um, fine. I went with one that you mentioned, which is, my feet aren't that elite. Neither are yours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's an amazing quote. Something about the rhyming and the, like, slight burn of it all. I just like it. I know that is an amazing quote. That was like honorable mention. That was my second favorite. But I kind of went with the one that's like the central thesis of the film, which is when the dad says, you'll be amazed, but hard work, imagination, and a little luck will bring you. Um, so for the Zodiac sign, I actually felt really strongly about this one, which is always exciting. So I chose Libra. More than any other sign, Libras are concerned with justice. They... They want to know the truth. They're like on the case and they are often your lawyers and your journalists. 
Um, they're also just really charming and intelligent. They're great communicators. I definitely think Lexi is a Libra. Um, they're ruled by Venus, so they are very concerned with aesthetics. They're known for having impeccable taste. Like Taurus and Libra are the two signs ruled by Venus, but like Taurus is very like they're both materialistic, but I feel like Libra takes it to like, they take taste to like a true artistic place, which I feel like this movie was just very much giving that energy as was Lexi. Also, Libras are really good at remaining objective until they've collected all the evidence. So like they are good like investigators, you know, like they, they won't make a snap judgment. They'll be like, let's collect all the information and then see what this points to. Um, and then the other thing is that there's just nothing more Libra to me than like someone telling a Libra like, hey, your story was kind of unethical. And then the Libra like going into a tailspin and then someone being like, don't worry, they're just jealous. And the Libra being like, yay, vibes, I'm perfect. Cause like Libras really want to do the right thing, but they also like want to have fun and sparkle as they should. Um, so yes. this movie was huge Libra energy. Love, I love Libras. I love their energy. And yeah, I can totally see Lexi being a Libra. Um, what was your rose? I love the fashion. I just th thought it was so good. Um, and then I like that this movie took big swings. I don't think every single one panned out, to be honest, yeah. but I like that it tried. I thought it was inventive. I thought it was imaginative. I literally just had the outfits. Like that to me was like maybe the most fun part of oh the movie, God, the fashion. Oh my God, so good. Yeah. My thorn, okay. So my thorn was like, this really sets itself up as like a classic mystery, yes. right? And we have a lot of red herrings and we have a lot of quote suspects, but I really did feel like in good mysteries, it should be satisfying when we learn why these people looked guilty and weren't. And like, especially with Miss Stern and Mr. Goldblum, I was just like, you tied this up so quickly. It's like, it doesn't really quite like make that much sense. It's just sort of like lazy. And I also just felt like it was completely obvious that it was Detective Meanie. Like mm -hmm. again, in a good mystery, it should be like, wait, whoa, like at least some element of like, I didn't really see that coming. And like, you just really did. And like, besides Miss um, Dawson, and Detective Meany, like none of the other quote suspects like were fleshed out. It felt like they didn't need to be there. Yes. And I think they could have done better with that. I 100% agree. I had it very similar. I had that it, I wrote too many cooks in the kitchen. There were too many characters tied up in the mystery and it made it confusing a little bit. And I completely agree with you. I think it tied all together a little too nicely. I think it was like the ending, they wrapped it up so quickly. So yeah, I had basically the same thorn as you. It's just like, they, they added too many elements to the mystery. So that brings us to our overall rating. Um, I think it's your turn to go first. Okay. Yeah. So I kind of like struggled with how to rate this one. I went between a B and a B plus and I was like, cause there was a lot I really loved about it. Um, but then, yeah, I thought that like, there wasn't really an impactful message. Like I know that Lindsay learned this lesson of like, be less vapid, like have more empathy. But I feel like whereas like, literally I shed a tear at Smart House and Brink. I was kind of like underwhelmed by the end. Yeah. Um, but I love that it took big swings. I was so aesthetically nice to watch. It was funny. It was like interesting the whole time. Um, but I ultimately settled on a B. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I gave it. I think that's totally fair. I felt like honestly, this movie's plot 
is wonky. Yeah. The conclusion is wonky. Basically everything I already said with my thorn is how I felt about like, it didn't quite work for me. Yeah. Um, however, like this movie is just so fun. I think like compared to some of the other movies that I've given lower grades than what I gave this one, like I really liked the characters. I felt like they were pretty fleshed out. Like I loved the dad character and like his relationship with Lexi. I loved Jack. It was like very compelling in that way. And I agree with the big swings thing. And just like this movie had a clear aesthetic and vibe, which I really appreciated. Mm -hmm. So I'm honestly giving it this rating really just unfortunately because I didn't think the plot was fully a serve. Yeah. I am giving it a B minus. Yep. I totally understand. But I really like it. It's a lot of fun. Yes. It's it's, it's so much fun to watch. Like I feel like it's even maybe one of the most fun to watch yeah. just because it's like very like cool and it's like ooh. yeah like so I would definitely recommend to rewatch it yeah, yeah. you Completely. won't be like at any way disappointed no it's not yeah. boring so that brings us to our drinking game rules okay yay drink every time we're introduced to a new spy gadget Ooh, drink every time there is a fashion montage drink every time we see a new Lexi outfit drink every time Jack judges Lexi <laughs> Drink every time someone says the Daily Examiner. <laughs> Drink every time we uncover something new about the case. And that is Get a Clue, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I did just want to say, because of when this episode's going to air, we want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Yes, happy Thanksgiving, you guys. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, guys, it's Sarah. Just wanted to let you guys know that Nora and I are taking a break next week for Thanksgiving, and we will be back with a new episode on Monday, December 5th. Talk to you guys then. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye.